0: Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. Oh my god, he's back again. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan Stone, and I am finally back. My semi-sort of almost triumphant return And my main man, G.J. here, who you've been hearing, who's been steering the ship for us for the last month and a bit, is with me. We're back together for the first time in forever. And uh, we're going to do a bit of a catch-up episode. We're going to go over some of the things that have happened since I've been away. I was locked in a dungeon. Actually, you know what, that sounds far more peaceful than what I was actually doing. Uh, so I've been in school, but we're gonna go with the dungeon thing because that actually sounds really restful right now. And it's so good to be back. Uh, DJ, as always, uh, thanks so so much for keeping the boat afloat <laughs> while well, I've I've been in school. And uh, as a wonderful segue, we're also going to be talking a little bit about Man war in this episode. All sorts of things coming at you. But buddy, start us off today with a little bit of that hobby goodness.
1: We really needs a hobby. A hobby is supposed to pass the time, not fill it.
0: I did absolutely nothing and it was everything that I thought it could be
1: before i do that uh at first i thought you said stealing the boat instead of steering the boat <laughs> and well, I, I have been playing man of war and i have been playing skaven in man of war uh, today this afternoon so uh maybe that's too much on my mind but uh, yeah sometimes it did feel a little bit like that me stealing the podcast out from under you um so happy to have you back mate so uh yeah i'm uh excited to to talk some uh, news and hobby and we have a a lot of news and hobby actually because um well i've i've been hobbying i've been working on my beastman as promised i have been working on that beastman character that i rolled up during that one realm of chaos episode a little while back with the the kangaroo legs um i'm Sort of trying out my sculpting skills there, uh, so that one is um, is is drying now. Uh, I have some tusk go- no, what are they called? Razor gorse that I I have three D printed that I made some chariots for that are also a work in progress. Um, Morgor, the master of skulls, is sitting on my desk, half painted at the moment, and all of this stuff I want to do before the end of the month, so. Let's hope we can get to that. Uh, what I also wanted to shout out is that we have a winner for the October Wargames Orchard painting challenge. It is uh, none other than Jörn Huntler, who made me trip up when I read out his fluff piece about GB Shaw, the Falconer. Uh, during you have been voted the uh, best entry for October. Uh, best of three, actually. So I hope that we uh, get some more entries as well in the next month. Uh, congratulations to you, of course, mate. A well-deserved, very nice mini. Uh, also a very great way of taking a picture. I, I, I've been trying to take pictures, but mine always come out sort of... F- overexposed i don't know what i'm doing wrong so maybe i should uh, go to you for advice um, well not that i want to win the challenge that i'm hosting on the facebook group that would be a little bit weird but uh, yeah I, I always hope that someone else wins uh, but it, it would be nice to at, at some point submit a picture that i think does my miniatures justice Um, so uh, this month's paint challenge we have the theme uh, no shave november with uh, no of (laughs) course in in uh, parentheses so if you want to have a mini that shaves himself or others or doesn't for some reason um, just uh, get it out there get it painted get it converted do whatever you want to do with it and we'll see your entry at the end of the month. Uh, let's see what else have we got, Nathan. We've also got some um, some some new miniatures, or actually, some old miniatures coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an announcement that from next Saturday, I believe, uh, there will be some Chaos Lords on made to order. We have uh, Archaon on, on his uh, steed. That's the uh, the horsey whose name I always keep forgetting. Uh, but you, of course, know, Nathan, chaos player that you are. Uh,
0: it's Something uh, with an M. Uh, Dorgar, I believe.
1: Dorgar. Well, not with not yeah. an M then. Uh, but yeah. indeed, uh, so so Archaon on his horse, not on that uh, hideous uh, three-headed chimera-like monster. We have a uh, uh, Corn Lord on foot, a lot of Nurgle, a lot of Slanesh, and a lot of Zeench all on foot. And a lot of Zinj is the uh, also has a familiar with him. And then there is a Mounted Chaos Sorcerer. Well, depending on the price, I am definitely going to try and grab some of those. I've also been looking at that new Goth Rocker. I don't know if yes, you've seen that yes, one Yes, That, pop that up.
0: crossed my desk, and I, I looked at it and. Uh, the the squig uh speaker slash amp is a nice touch i think it's a f- really fun miniature um i i can see why you'd like it it's it's pretty silly um but it it's is a yeah kind of he's, silly he's, yeah
1: he's uh he's got a hand grenade for a microphone
0: yes and i, I actually just going song if, for him if, uh, i i haven't been brave enough to to click that link just yet <laughs> i gotta tell you i was just like oh oh you should be really it's, really bad uh, but i don't
1: know no 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 it's, it's 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 jingle bells but then sung from a um 40k orc perspective and uh i believe it goes something like uh, here we go here we go deck all the way um it's got. I, I don't remember all the lines, <laughs> but uh, it's got some very nice touches there. And at the end, you see a very disgruntled uh, noise marine. I guess that guy is the the other one with the. Uh, oh yes,
0: with yeah. the guitar. Okay, I'm gonna so, have to watch yeah. it then.
1: Yeah, you have to watch yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, I'm a, bit it, of a sucker it, it,
0: for it, noise marines.
1: So. It it, <laughs> it looks like a, a '90s uh, flash video uh, sort of setup, a little bit better, but it's animated, so. Uh, uh, not not in the uh, Ogre Kingdoms um, animation for the Total War Warhammer trailer, not like computer game animated, but more like
0: oh I got you cartoon animated. You.
1: Awesome. Yeah, check it out and and um, believe it or not, I have been thinking ahead for once because when I put up the November theme for the Pain challenge. I also already made a December theme. And uh, that one is going to be holiday traditions. And one of the things that I have written down there is that one of the holiday traditions you can uh, portray in your miniature is, for example, orcs caroling. And then I name some some hymns uh, that orcs might use and i i don't remember what i did we we wish you were merry wah or so, something like that <laughs> uh, but uh here we go deck all the way is definitely going in there before the challenge goes up so um that's a that's a nice synergy i didn't know that before that gw was going to do that so and uh, they probably didn't know that i was going to do this for the december pain challenge. And oh, they if they do know, to. then then they have some more uh, power than I would have thought they had. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cycles are real. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, let's see. I think that's that's most of it on my end, Nathan. So uh,
0: all right, can I can I ask you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just before we get into all of my weirdness, that is my life. Um, so of the made-to-order stuff, we got we got some classic chaos lords and champions of each of the gods, plus classic Archeon. Uh what's, What is your favorite of those models?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Well, I already have Archaeon, and, and he has been sitting on my desk for over a year now, so uh, half-painted. I think, well, he's right up there. The chaos sorcerer also looks really cool with that side-looking thing. And mm-hmm. well, I think maybe I think maybe the Slanesh lord because he looks uh, least what you'd expect a Slanesh lord to look. I guess. I mean, he he's got a, a hand weapon and shield. And a Nergal Lord just looks beefy and 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 rusty and plaguey. And he's okay. got this weird. Uh, he's got he's got a very cool weapon, which is a blade on one end and then a ball and chain on the other end. And uh, the corn lord just looks like any old corn lord uh, would look, standing atop a mountain of skulls. Uh, yeah. The Sin's lord's got a bird face. He's got a staff. He's got robes. He's a sorcerer. I think the slanesh lord is the most interesting one of these. So that's a great um, pick. Yeah, I'm go- I'm yeah. going for him.
0: Okay. What I like about the slanesh lord is, and this is something that I had never noticed, and this is an old model. This thing's been around since I think like Storm of Chaos era. I never realized that he had cloven hooves.
1: He does. He hasn't. uh, Yeah, he's got got beastman hooves. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And it's just like a neat little chaotic detail there. That sorcerer, though, I don't remember. And maybe it's just the paint job, the way that this is done here. But uh, that horse that it's mounted on, like the horned horse, is wildly cool. I just something it about is, it that yeah. I really, really enjoy. Yeah. So that sorcerer is high up on my list. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, the, it's, it's, when you see the classic RK on I think they've given him a, a, they've updated his paint scheme here. Um, but man, what a great looking miniature that was, right? Like that's, that's got that classic kind of historic gate to it with the, like the rearing horse and the the flowing cape, right? Like you could see that at, at, on a painting and just be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes. Um I actually I like all of these. There's there's nothing here that I, I don't like. There are,
1: there are no bad choices here. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love the familiar for the <laughs> um for the Zeech uh like this his weird melty bird thing. Uh familiar is pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. And I you know what's funny? You you mentioned the Nurgle Lord's weapon. And like I I've seen this a million times before. But now I'm actually picturing him trying to like use it and it seems very awkward. <laughs> like it looks really cool. I don't know if yeah. the ball and chain is like purely decorative and maybe it is. Um uh, but that won't work.
1: Then 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 it will purely decoratively knock yourself on the head probably. Probably. Yeah, and maybe, should, you know, maybe that doesn't maybe we should get get some of these images out to uh, to the guy who reviews uh, fantasy swords, uh, the Chad the, uh, Chad Brooks. Yes. You know him? He's got a YouTube channel. Uh, I've
0: I've seen him come up on my recommended several times. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great to see these guys coming back at least for a little while. So if you yeah if you didn't get a chance to get them uh, back in the mid two thousands uh you can you can pick those up now i shudder to think what they're gonna cost but i shudder to think about the cost of everything at the moment yes to be honest with you so
1: well the, the reason yeah. that i haven't jumped on that um uh, uh the golf rocker yet is because he's listed for 27 euros and it's just Oof. one sprue of plastic
0: yeah that's so, a yeah, lot that's that's no, a that's bit a
1: steep but Mm -hmm. what is a cool model i i I don't know i i don't know what my funds are going to do next month and uh, i have an idea uh but especially with the the holiday season coming up uh yeah it's going to be an expensive uh
0: yeah you're always a little bit more cognizant of of what things cost around the holidays or at least i find that i am right you're just like oh boy this is this is all gonna be expensive (laughs)
1: Yes. So yeah, it's
0: hard to it's hard to justify the the little plastic toys for yourself. Uh, as much as I might try and do that, those uh, that's it's fun to fun to see those guys come back. Uh, I guess on the on the subject of me, let's let's talk about me. I don't think we've talked about me enough in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so things have been things have been wild. Honestly, that's the best way I can describe it. Things have been absolutely wild. So. October was a hugely busy month. Uh, We had a lot of kind of midterm projects and assignments and things. So for anyone uh, who may have joined the Orchard uh, during the the purely GJ era, as it has been for the last month or so, any of our new listeners, uh, you may have no idea who I am. Uh, Hi, I'm Nathan. Uh, This is uh, ostensibly a show that I host. (laughs) And uh, I'm in school, I'm in the radio television journalism program at uh, the Nova Scotia Community College in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, where I live. And it's been really great. Uh, I've learned a lot this semester and done more than I wanted to this semester, certainly. I I had this weird notion in like September and when I was going into it, I was like, okay, I'm specializing this year, I'm just going to be in radio. So obviously, I'm not going to be as busy. Things won't be as hectic as last year, and uh, I'm an idiot. Things are way more hectic than last year. So I have been very busy. One thing, though, that I got to do that I kind of wanted to share, and I'm actually going to put this up on the Patreon, probably be up there by the time you hear this, is uh, a special that I created for Halloween for the radio station uh, that we run through the school. And uh, it was our Halloween spooktacular And it was an anthology of stories from myself and some of my classmates. And we ended up, uh, so they ended up kind of producing some of them, sending them to me, and then I produced the special itself. It's a lot of fun. It's just fun, kind of spooky stories and uh, aired Halloween night. But it took up so, so much of my time. Uh, It wasn't even something that I got marked for, mind you. This was something that I volunteered to do out of the dumbness of my heart and it was worth it but uh, oh boy it was a, a lot and uh, so right now I'm kind of in the the last throes of, of classes before December when I go on my work term uh, which is just a couple of weeks and then I'm going to Uh, fabulous Las Vegas over Christmas because uh, for those of you who may live in kind of northern climates there's it's snowy and cold in the winter and I hate that just as a general rule so my wife and I are taking a a well-deserved break we're going to Las Vegas for two weeks kind of coming back uh, on Boxing Day and uh, so I'm really looking forward to that but it's still a little while to go I still have a ton of assignments to do Uh, I just, I had to get on the podcast again because I was just like, I can't, can't keep leaving poor DJ out to, hanging out to dry here, and uh, eventually the listeners are going to forget who I am, and that would make me sad, so here we are now, (laughs) Uh, I am woefully sleep deprived, but I am here having a great time, and uh, I will be exhausted later, so that's kind of what's been going on in my life, but in terms of hobby stuff going on in my life, there's been little but still worth talking about because I I made kind of an impulse purchase because I I looked at all of my stuff. And that's hard to do. I've got a lot of stuff. So to, to look at it all is just like you have to really kind of scan the horizon. And I realized that I will die having not painted miniatures unless I start painting miniatures a little faster than I paint miniatures right now. And so a lot of that is just kind of learning some new techniques and things. And I haven't really had time to actually learn any of these techniques, but I have had time to get out my credit card and and buy a thing. (laughs) So that's what I did. I got the Army Painter Speed Paint Set. For a couple of reasons. Firstly, they are a lot cheaper than getting the GW contrast paints and you can get like a set of them where I, I don't know if you can get a full set of the contrast paints and you can uh, also they uh, aren't Games Workshop so they're 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 cheaper uh, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of wean myself off of Games Workshop paints uh, in a lot of ways. So pick those up i've tried them out a couple of times on a couple different models i find that the coverage is quite good it's uh, i think it's better than better coverage than contrast but i have run into that problem that a lot of people online seem to have run into where the paints will reactivate uh, if you try to paint over them so it makes them somewhat less suitable than contrast paints for like using them as a, a heavy wash or Using them, you know, as as kind of a a base, and then highlighting on top of that. They're they don't mm-hmm. seem to really be made for that. Although I've I just learned that army painter is reformulate reformating or reformulating. GJ help me out here. What's that word? Reformul, reformulating. That's a word. That's yeah. definitely a word. Yeah, I'm let's let's say, let's say it's a word. <laughs> okay. It's got so letters there, and everything. It does. It does, in vowels. Uh, and vowels. Yeah. And that's that's basically all you need. <laughs> uh, so they're doing that and they're going to make it so that they do not reactivate and uh, I kind of wish I had waited to to learn that before I bought them but you know what I'm going to learn to use them as is uh, I think they should still be great for anything that is not like you know super flat surfaces and armor and stuff because they, they do do a little bit of the pooling that the contrast does though I have noticed that they seem to be a little bit better than the contrast for pooling uh, something else that's nice, if you buy the, the full set, it does come with the medium, too, if you want to mix in the medium to kind of, you know, water them down a bit or change the consistencies. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm trying to teach myself how to how to do the Zenithal highlighting technique. And I think part of my problem is uh, I don't really have a working airbrush to do that with. So I've been trying to do it with like rattle can spray paint. And it seems to be somewhat tough. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at it. But I think it would be easier if I had an airbrush. I think most things would be easier if I had an airbrush, honestly. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to use that. And then the speed paints on top of that to kind of give it some natural shading and highlights and stuff. Results have been mixed so far. I've only really tried it a couple times. I really haven't had time to do much in the way of hobbying. And uh, yeah, so I'll let you guys know how that goes. As far as the price goes, though, and like the coverage and the look of them, I'm really enjoying the speed paints. so I I would at least recommend them for that. Maybe wait till they get the reactivation thing sorted out, though. You can get around it, I've found, though, by giving it a like a varnish just to kind of seal it uh, and then painting on top of it seems to work all right. But uh, yeah, so that's that's about the extent of uh, my hobby. And uh, I did actually get to play a game uh, at my father in laws. And that was on Friday, Uh, me and him have been playing through one page rules fantasy skirmish. And the nice thing about that is we've been doing a little bit of a campaign, which has been fun. I have my vampiric undead, which you can read as vampire counts, and he has Uh, they're called the Duchies of Vinci, Vinci, which doesn't really have a Warhammer equivalent, but if you think of it as kind of like some of the factions in War Machine, which is kind of like the armored humans, but they have like guns and crossbows and stuff and a lot of like clockwork automatons and stuff. It's a really neat faction. Uh, So he's been playing them and uh, it's great. He's been 3D printing miniatures like an absolute madman. So he's got all sorts of stuff now. And I managed to come out on top of this game that we played. Uh, So right now I'm leading our campaign two to one. (laughs) Uh, And it's been a lot of fun Uh, just slowly adding to my army. Every time you win, you get victory points. But every time you lose, you get more points to add to your army. So it kind of does a bit of a seesaw type of thing where... You're never gonna go too long losing because you would add so much stuff to your army that or your warband that it, you know, it would be hard for you to keep losing. Well, that's a fun mechanic. Yeah, yeah. My leader, though, is uh, I, I named him the big Lebonski because uh, he is a skeleton champion. And uh, so I spent my points from the the one loss that I got to upgrade him with necromancy. Because I figured he needed to be be magic. And it worked like a charm. Uh, He was the MVP of the third game using magic to uh, yeet himself across the table and charge my father in law's leader and uh, cut him to pieces. So it was a lot of fun. The games are super fast. They play in like, I think ours was like half an hour. uh, Now that we we know the rules pretty well. And uh, we've started adding in some of the optional rules as well, which is another neat thing about one page rules is you've got Kind of the game itself, and then you can make it more and more complex as you see fit. Uh, there's rules for kind of command points, like in Age of Sigmar. Uh, we don't use those, but we have started using some of like the random events and the campaign rules and things. So each uh, unit gets experience each time it you know does something neat on the battlefield, and uh, yeah, all the games are, are objective based and stuff. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, wish I could do more stuff. But uh, I think I've just covered about a month and a half's worth of things that I've done, which is like (laughs) half paint a couple miniatures to try out uh, speed paints and then play that one game. So we're doing great. We're doing great over here. And uh, yeah, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to get into a little something that I really wanted to get into when it first dropped. And I, I just couldn't i was buried up to my neck in work but now now we get to experience this and i speak of course of the warhammer the old world update that dropped on the 14th of october and i realized that this is like a month ago so i'm sorry if this is a little bit of rehashing stuff that you've already kind of gotten over but i haven't gotten over it because i never get over anything that's a, a rule that i have in life is uh, never forgive and never forget anything that has ever happened. Uh, So
1: maybe just to, to put out a warning for the listeners, we're not only going to meet grumpy Nathan right now, we're going to meet sleep deprived grumpy Nathan. (laughs) Who is who who can outstare a a dwarf long beard uh, probably. So yeah. Yeah. if you want to turn off your podcast this this is the correct time to do it and if you're still (laughs) listening to me right now then you're way too late yeah way past the point of no return
0: all right so let's let's just jump right in here so this update was an art update there are four pictures here four pictures it's been about mm, roughly a half a year since we've seen anything for Warhammer the Old World, which is about on point for Games Workshop at this point. Uh, and so let's start at the beginning, which is a very good place to start. Welcome back, denizens of the Old World, to another semi-regular update on our ongoing work on Warhammer the Old World. Uh, I, I Semi-regular is such a generous term for them to have given themselves in this. We have gotten what, like half a dozen of these over three years now? It's been three years. It was 2019. And we have gotten what should have probably come out in the first month or so of this game. We have a very nice map, which I've said nice things about before, and I don't have to give it any more kudos because it's it's a map. Let's, let's be fair. Uh, and then there's this. And... Okay. So there's yeah, four art pieces here, which in its own is not particularly impressive considering we have uh again waited 3 years for any actual news and still not really gotten any. The this art is nice, but it looks like it could've, you could have you could have just taken this from any seventh or eighth edition army book and been like hey remember this artwork and i'd have been like oh maybe i guess sure this seems a little bit of an insult to me to be honest with you i i feel like at this point like they're not doing anything but they're just like they want to keep stringing us along so they're just like no 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 guys we're definitely working on this this is it's a definite thing that's happening but we can't show you anything of actual value we couldn't dare show you the render of any of the miniatures we're designing we couldn't possibly tell you any rules we're mulling over we couldn't even give you any real update on the lore that is going to come out alongside this game like gj you and i have deep dived kind of the the era of the warhammer the old world in the past and, like, that's still not a thing that Games Workshop <laughs> has done, right? No, like, this is, true. yeah, this is wild. It's wild that, like, this is what they think is ex- acceptable as an update three years into a project, right? Like, you know, when they, when they haphazardly, and, and let's face it, I, I feel like someone decided to do Warhammer the Old World over lunch one day just to stick it to Mantic. And only because Mantic Mantic was releasing the third edition of their uh, their Kings of War on the same day, uh, like is this is this is incredible. Like Mantic Mantic's going to be on fourth edition Kings of War by the time the Old World ever comes out, assuming that they aren't just doing this to mock me. I don't I don't know <laughs> what to say here. It, 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 Am I off base? Am I crazy? Am I wrong? Like, is this like I am I, I can't be excited about this. I can't. I I want to be. I want to be excited about the old world. And I've tried so hard, GJ. Every time they've they've come out with a thing, I've I've covered it on this show. A, a, but at some point we have to see something that looks like progress, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I like... completely agree. We do. Um well um I could get excited for this because I see a Tomb King's Chariot that looks exactly the same as the Tomb King's Chariots that I have sitting in my cabinet. So that tells me that Tomb Kings are going to come back and that they are going to look the same. We will probably see some of those ultra-rare kits like the Necropolis Knights and the... uh, um, What are they called? The Sphinxes. We see them come back, uh, which will probably still be a a rather high price but at least a little bit more decent than they are on ebay so uh i'm a little bit more hopeful than you are maybe that's just in my nature um maybe i'm just not not uh, skeptical (laughs) enough um yeah that's maybe you're uh, just not
0: an old grump uh, like i am I, I, honestly, and, and here's the thing, like, you're not wrong about this. There, There is actually, I, 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 like, I harp on about the, the value and that we should be seeing more, and we should. We should. This is this is not acceptable. But I know how much you love the Tomb Kings, and, and they are not a faction that has gotten a fair shake in Warhammer Fantasy in terms of, uh, you know, focus and, and, and support and that kind of thing. And it is nice to know that, yeah, like, this is not they're not forgotten here. And I think this no. really does confirm that Warhammer, the old world is just Warhammer fantasy 9th edition, right? Because it, when, when we first started talking about this, I really did think, and the way that they started with a zoomed in map of the empire and that zoomed in map of the old world, I really did think that this was just going to be a limited game focusing maybe mainly on the empire civil war with some of the other factions of the old world and chaos and orcs and goblins and stuff. And as it's expanded, I have been proven a dummy, which happens from time to time slash every day. And, you know, this this has expanded in scope and expanded in scope until this is I, I don't know that this will be anything different than what is essentially Warhammer 9th edition. And that's that's great for a lot of people. And it's really good. Like, it's even good for me. in in the long run, because I want to see Warhammer Fantasy come back. Uh, I wish they hadn't called it Warhammer the Old World if you're going to be just making Warhammer Fantasy. (laughs) But uh, I I am excited. Uh, I'm super excited that your Tomb Kings are coming back. I think that's super cool. But it begs one question, I think. And that is, how does Games Workshop manage to release a game... That by the time this comes out, so let's say this somehow, Miracle of Miracles comes out next year at this time. So that'll be 2023. This is a game that hasn't existed since 2015. Do, it, it, like, are we expecting new sculpts for every faction? Is that possible or plausible? Or does Games Workshop bring back kits that now are going to be decades old and then charge modern day prices for them? Like, what, how do you see this going down? Because I don't know what to think now about how this game is going to launch.
1: Well, I expect it to be a mix of uh, Age of Sigmar kits repurposed with Square Bases. And mm-hmm. old kits that they brought back, just like they're doing those made-to-order updates, they just can can uh, bring back some of the uh, some of the plastic kits that are now out of production. And if they are smart, they would have done it years ago. Because if you look at the prices for a Lothian SkyCutter on the second-hand market, or a a necro sphinx, or, or uh, the Britonia questing knights that were mm. not in the box set, then GW are, are losing a lot of money there. They there's still so much demand for those miniatures that it it basically is just bad business that they stopped selling them, even though their game system doesn't support them. Just have the Um, what what was it called again back in the day the mail order system Mm -hmm. where you could select bits and they just if if you wanted the same dwarf with the same crossbow in in the same pose and you wanted 20 of them you could just order 20 of them and it would be more expensive than just buying them randomly in a blister but if that was what you wanted then the possibility was there Uh, So that's what GW should have been doing, in my opinion, ever since they, well, they should not have stopped doing that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think for the old world, uh, we will see a mix of old kits that have been repurposed, new kits that are coming out maybe piecemeal. Like in the same way that Age of Sigmar slowly replaced all the miniatures for fantasy and they still have a lot of the fantasy miniatures that are usable in Age of Sigmar. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, the the zombies only got replaced like last year or a few years back. And those were the zombies that came in the... uh, uh, that were released around the Mordheim era. Those plastic multi-part kits. uh, The ones that I keep smashing up for my zombie pirates for the painting (laughs) challenge. (laughs) So yeah that's what i expect them to do but what i am more concerned about is when they are going to do this because they have already missed a couple of opportunities there of course you have a lot of people that rage quit the hobby back in 2015 when they blew up the old world so uh, you're not going to get them back then you had the wildly popular Warhammer computer games uh, like Vermintide and, uh, of course, the uh, Total War Warhammer series. But we already have the third game. It's been out. It's been released. We, we still get DLCs from time to time. I've been told I, I haven't bought the game, so I'm not really on the up and up about what's what's happening there.
0: Yeah, I believe but the third game is still definitely getting active development, but I think yeah. they've stopped doing DLC for the first two because of that. But like it's still like they're still absolutely supporting it and and you know, they keep releasing like new lords and, and new bits and stuff and units, so yeah.
1: Yeah, but, but still the the hype is um is over, so to say. The the release window of February, they missed that. It would make sense that if you have these games and you want to draw in new people that these games can be a, a great gateway into the tabletop hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you've played with all these guys. You've played with, with Carl Franz and you've played with, uh, I don't know who else is there. Uh, Grudgebearer And look, we also have miniatures of those. You can, you can buy them and you can paint them and you can play with them in real life. Um, Absolutely, yeah. There's there's it's, there's so many missed opportunities here in this in this whole project.
0: Yeah, I mean, just speaking to the video game side of things, I remember when Dawn of War first came out, and this is oh my god, uh, two thousand four, two thousand five ish, I think, and just how much interest there was in the tabletop game because of the uh yeah because of dawn of war right people fell in love with the setting they fell in love with the lore and i'm actually watching that happen again in real time with this upcoming dark tide game for the this 40k kind of left for dead-esque type of game and uh with one of the young guys in my uh in my program who uh you know has started because he knows that that i have uh I am I am in deep in the the Warhammer lore, so he started asking me all these things about 40k uh, because he's just he's so excited for this video game, and uh, it is it's wild just how much interest that can bring. I agree with you though; like this is this was a strike while the iron was hot kind of thing, and I Yist. I really worry about the iron maybe having cooled off substantially. Right, we're not in a good place financially just as a rule like globally <laughs> people don't have the the disposable income that they had you know people aren't stuck inside and in uh, uh you know during the pan as they were during the pandemic and my other concern is just the prices right like yes can when when, when warhammer finally bit the dust in in it was, uh, it was 2014, right? Not 15 or 2015?
1: Oh, uh, I said 15, but I, I, it might have been 14. I know. I,
0: I can't remember. It was one of those two. But either yeah. way, either way, back then, 10 of the plastic witch elves in Canada was $70 for 10. I I think there's still... I think there might be 80 now. I, I haven't checked, but... um oh, check. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually... I'm going to do that while, while I talk here. And... I just I really worry about the stuff that's that's gonna come out. Especially like if this is if this is kind of the Horde Hammer Aethed style again, it's just it's not gonna work. And I, I'm just like I'd I'd hate to see all of this this stuff happen and then the game becomes dead on arrival because yeah. no one like new players can't afford to get into it, right? Like I, I'm just oh man, I I am so concerned about the way that this could go wrong, uh, because like I, I and I'm going to complain, and I, I have complained a uh, hundred times. Um, okay, you know what? Witch elves are still seventy dollars, so oh,
1: well, it's still not good. For, but for I guess with inflation, it's
0: gotten cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I really worry that if you're, you know, if you have to build those big regiments, that it's it's just not going to work in in this economy. Um, and
1: I- well, I, I think GW learned a lesson there. They they know that that is the reason why Eighth Edition uh, lost so much traction and and didn't get many new people in there. I mean, if you've been playing for from from Sixth Edition onwards, then you probably have a large collection of miniatures mm-hmm. that you can use. But if you are new and you want to play like. Undead or Skaven, and you have to first buy uh, 10 regiment boxes just to fill your core slots, yeah, that's, that's not going to be very fun. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. painting up a regiment of 20 orcs or, or 20 goblins, something like that, what it was in 6th edition when I started, uh, that's fun, and then you move on to a character, and then you do something different. Uh, you, you do a war machine or a monster,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then in, in no time you have an army but if you just want to want people to to sit there and have to basically put out a a production line just to get an army on the table that's not going to uh, go over very well
0: Mm -hmm. what does give me a little bit of hope In terms of of the regiment thing and and making sure that, you know, there's there's some value for people when they pick up a, a box set is. The new horse heresy game. When you buy a squad of of tactical Marines, they come in in big units of 20 and a lot of things in Age of Sigmar now as well come in those larger unit sizes. And maybe yeah, I shouldn't say a lot of things, but some things do. I know some of like the uh, the Bone Reapers and stuff, right? Like you you get a, a good number of them in a, in a box, and I think that's where the old world has to go if it's going to survive. Is if I yeah. buy a box of orcs, it better be a full unit of orcs, right? Yes. If, if it's twenty orcs, then twenty orcs better be like a decent unit to field <laughs> on the battlefield. Uh, because if, if you if you make me buy yeah four boxes or four boxes of clan rats or something, it's just not going to work. I think they've reboxed clan rats actually, so that now they're they're twenty in a box. So they might be moving there. I am excited, like you said, with uh, when we were talking about like where are these miniatures going to come from? The new chaos stuff for Age of Sigmar, their their slaves to darkness line, their classic chaos warriors. I've been so impressed by what they've been doing with them. So if if that's what we're if that's what we're getting, kind of like the the classics in in classic style, but with with this new super technology, right? This new hi- hyper detailed and and uh, more dynamic s- style of miniature, I'm pretty okay with that, right? Like that. That's not that's a little bit all right. <laughs> I, yeah, I am yeah, really true. impressed with it, those.
1: It, yeah, it does make them difficult to rank up, I imagine.
0: Yeah, that's that is my worry, and I I, I do think that a lot of this is going to come down to how we go about ranking them up i almost i there was a little bit of me that was just like i wonder if games workshop is just going to give us rectangular movement trays that you slot circular bases into but their very first post about Warhammer: the old world was the square base so
1: yeah who
0: knows but i i think that might be a a good solution for units that can cross between games. Um, whether or not that'll happen, yeah, I, I don't know, but i uh, I would like to see I would like to see the new chaos stuff make its way over to uh, to my fantasy table. Sure.
1: So, Nathan, are you ready yeah. to go uh, full conspiracy nut here?
0: Oh, I'm always ready to go. Right. yeah hit me hit me with your best
1: so today theory. i got an email from gw just the uh okay uh regular uh, updates that they send the newsletter and the uh was it today uh yeah they they say in this email newsletter they say you can get your tickets for uh, warhammer fest which is going to be um somewhere next year 2023 and they announced this with the title be there or be square now is this going to tell us something about a possible square basis update coming warhammer fest 2023 or is this just them not thinking about the double entendre that uh, old people like you and me um, (laughs) (laughs) see in this post and and, and we're just seeing ghosts uh, that that are not there.
0: Oh, GJ, I want to believe, buddy. I want to believe so hard right now because who in 2022 or 2023 for that matter uses the phrase be there or be square, especially unironically? Yeah. And I think, oh, you might be onto something. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that just make me eat my stupid hat? <laughs> if they were just like, "Hey, by the way, we finished this," and it might happen. This is the, this it is the thing that infuriates me. Is it might happen because we saw the same thing very recently with Horace Heresy, Horace Heresy, like the the Forge World Studio. They went almost dark right they were not releasing much at all for probably two two or three good years like it was very slow it it slowed down to a trickle there was no new books coming out and then you start to get these rumors that oh by the way like new edition of Horus Heresy and it's coming soon like super soon and then yeah like almost out of the blue they drop a bunch of like new plastic kits they've got a new edition they've got all sorts of things now Horus Heresy is a much smaller scale than Warhammer Fantasy because it's mostly Space Marines versus Space Marines uh and Warhammer Fantasy is like a trillion factions (laughs) and all of them look (laughs) completely different but oh GJ I like that conspiracy theory a lot oh don't you go getting my hopes up
1: well, let's Whoa. just say that that's, uh, it's just, this is just uh, GW being behind the times and they still think that this this phrase is cool. <laughs> I, I, I scanned the so article and, and, and I did not see anything that would give okay. any other hints, but maybe some of our listeners with this inside knowledge can uh, enlighten us. Yeah, Are we missing something here? Are we really seeing ghosts? Uh yeah seeing what we want to see yeah has our confirmation bias gotten the better of us
0: (laughs) gotta dm my old pal kevin roundtree i know he listens i know you listen kevin give me the goods buddy (laughs) i want (laughs) to believe i want this to happen despite my grumpiness i want this to happen so bad i'm only grumpy because i want this to happen so bad yeah this is this is really interesting one last thing i want to uh talk about and then we can we can get off this month old article uh was does the bretonian art to you the the two pieces the the archer and then the um the knight of the realm do they look sort of like a bit of a mix between fifth and sixth edition in terms like he looks a little cleaner right like the archer looks a little cleaner and he's he's kind of got i don't know if they had like the 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 dual colors for their their liege in in sixth edition like that because I remember that I'm more in sure. fifth edition yeah it, it just yeah, seemed, fifth edition they like had they but had they... maybe given the Britonians a bath or something maybe
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh-huh.
1: or, or maybe this artwork is just not
0: grim dark enough it could be could be because I would love Brittonia to kind of pivot a little bit back towards fifth edition in terms of just yeah, like they
1: should. Yeah.
0: not everything is like caked in eight layers of mud and the knights aren't all just awful. And, you know, uh, I, I really liked the, the very kind of chivalric fifth ed Bretonians. Um, and that just, it, when I, especially the archer, something about the archer really gave me a little bit of fifth edition vibes. And I was just like, oh, yeah, well, I, 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 I can see where direction. you get it from. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, if if, if
1: they put in some more contrasting colors, like uh, uh, maybe a bit of yellow or something like that, then I would definitely agree with you. This mm. might just also be the way that he's drawn, like the, the artist style. Um, yeah, you could be right there. The, the style for the knight is similar. The style for the chariot is similar. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I... I wouldn't mind if the Bretonians went back uh, f- even full fifth edition because I think that whole chivalric Arthurian legend Bretonia fits the fantasy genre much better than the sort of general uh, mm. feudal medieval um, Bretonia that we saw in sixth edition.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. It's it is a little bit more fantastical when they're, you know, in their in their earliest, not earliest, but their their proper fifth ed incarnation. Um, yeah, and
1: so and I I think you can you can even do it in the fantasy setting. Um, just have these ideals of chivalry include being nice to peasants and everything, mm-hmm. and then you can basically have an army of knights uh, playing at, at chivalry. Ooh, yeah. So like they, they have these values and uh, nobody else in the world adheres to them. And uh, they are the only ones, but they still have good war horses. They're still good warriors. It still helps them a little bit in battle with the depressed the to the lady and everything. But um, it's just, uh, basically like regular people enforcing this, this medieval idea nowadays.
0: Oh, I like that. That's a really cool take. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see, we'll have to see what becomes of our, our, uh, Britonians in the old world here. Yeah. Hopefully, of our, of our uh, brand new skulls. Yeah. Yeah. Would like to see them updated. I swear, if if the old world comes out, and if it's if it's just Warhammer Fantasy 9th edition, and so all of the old factions are included, and Lizardmen Saurus don't get updated, I am going to riot. So help me God. <laughs> Those well, poor Saurus have been languishing since 2003, and they were a bad sculpt then, and they've only gotten worse, and they're still like the one you can sculpt still that them, they yeah. sell. Oh, those poor things. And and you can see in Blood Bowl like new sculpted source. I was like, "Do do that. Do that." But in Age of Sigmar and Warhammer, it will probably take
1: some time before they get updated or maybe this will already happen during the Age of Sigmar era. Um, that could be. But but, but they be. they are due for an update and and you're right, they were due for an update uh, when they mm-hmm. were released.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: the uh, fifth edition sources are so much more menacing.
0: <laughs> I almost liked the update they did of uh, Venerable Lord Croak for Age of Sigmar, but they they gave him like they they made him too big, like not yeah. not croak himself but like he's got like this swirly like dais of rocks and things that swirl around him and stuff and i was just like oh that's too much but i i yeah. did like that they put him you know you can put him in his death mask and you've got he's got his ceremonial mace and stuff like straight out of fifth ed and i was like yeah i like that a lot i just wish the rest of the model would calm down a bit
1: <laughs> well i don't know if you need those uh all those fancy schmancy uh, rocks to no and
0: maybe, maybe you don't maybe you can just like yeah, just like take him and his uh, his throne. I'd want him to have bearers, though. I think it was a mistake yeah. to ever have Slan without bearers. Yes,
1: but,
0: yeah. I am I am digressing hard at this point. So, GJ, we should talk about Warhammer boats because you, you. Yes, can do let's some, talk about uh, Warhammer war.
1: boats. Yes, yeah. I have, and I promised uh, Chris Schneider. Uh, maybe I pr- pronounced his name incorrectly, but I guess it's uh, uh, it's, it's it's Chris. He uh, lives in the US, and he. He has a name that might be derived from the Netherlands or Germany. So the way I pronounce it is is, uh, Schneider. uh, Schneider, if you are more inclined to to the German pronunciation, I have no idea what he calls himself. But uh, Chris and I have been playing a remote game of Man of War last week. Uh, He he has several fleets painted up, and he asked me... uh, I was already planning to do so, but he asked me to um, uh, mention it on the podcast that we play the game. And uh, so Chris, uh, here I am mentioning it. Uh, we play the game of Man War and we did it remotely. And remote gaming is one of those things that has, it might've been around before the pandemic, but it's really gotten a boost during COVID and... Um, we have in the Hero Hammer fanzine an article about how to do remote gaming it's very easy, all you need is like a a tripod that can hold your phone and a phone with an internet connection, you can do it over Facebook, you can do it over, um, over Discord there are, there are lots of apps that you can use um, there are some games that lend themselves really well to it like uh, Warhammer Skirmish I think, also uh, Manowar um, because it's it's very, uh, you, you've got a great overview there. There's not many models there. But also for regular Warhammer Fantasy, for at least for small games, I've done it a couple of times. And uh, both hosting and playing, and it works really well uh, as well. You can do maybe 2,000 three, two to 3,000 point game, uh, depending, of course, on the edition. But um, yeah, remote gaming is uh, definitely here to stay and it allows me to play with people that I would normally not play and play games that I would normally not play, such as Man of War. Um, This afternoon I played against Josh. Uh, He has a a dwarf fleet that he wanted to use and I had a Skaven fleet at my disposal. We played Dwarfs vs. Skaven one time earlier in the past i beat him so he wanted to rematch and then when we started the before we started today we said well let's let's turn this into a a three-game campaign so um we played the first of our games we rolled up a random scenario which was treasure hunt there was an island in the middle of the map that contained a treasure and the ships that unloaded the cr- most crews there had a chance to get the uh, treasure and uh of course everything went uh, wrong for me but i still managed to to win with uh 35 battle honors to 1 and uh, a battle honor is something like a victory point and it depends all on on the the ships you have and everything you have so if you are completely new to man of war, man of war is a game that was released in 1992, I believe. Uh, it's played with ships. You have a a leader ship, which is a a man of war, uh, which is a type of ship. And the man of war, uh, your admiral is on there. If you have a wizard, your wizard is on there as well. And then you have squadrons of smaller sh- uh, ships, and these are, well. They call them squadrons, but they are all consisting of three ships. Uh, you have also some, some factions that have uh, uh, lone ships. You can have some sea monsters if you use expansions. You can go really all out with this. There are rules for aerial combat, like uh, Dwarf Dirigibles and stuff like that, gyrocopters. Um, but uh, basically, you have your Warhammer factions, uh, High House, Bretonia you have Dark Elves in there, uh, Orcs and Goblins, Skaven, Dwarves. There are some expansions that allow for the Chaos Factions to have fleets, Chaos Dwarves. Um, I think Undead and Lizardmen and Wood Elves are the main players that are absent. Uh, but it doesn't really matter because it still leaves you with a lot of choice. You also have Norse uh, ships in there. And metal war is a is a I think what makes metal war fun is that you have an alternating activation, so it all depends on the first roll of each turn, which is initiative. Uh, both players roll the dice, and the person who rolls the highest has initiative. And if you roll the same amount, then the wind changes, which can be beneficial or uh, very uh, anti-beneficial. What's what's the... uh, Now you can help me with finding a word. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Detrimental.
1: Detrimental, thank you. Uh, I I knew it was something with a D. Uh, Very detrimental if you have ships that are operated by sail. And uh, if you have initiative, then the first thing you do is uh, cast a spell, and then your opponent can cast a spell. It's just one spell per turn if you have a wizard... A straight-up d6 roll, and that determines whether you cast a spell or not. And then your opponent can dispel it if he has correct cards. Um, I managed to not cast a single spell during the entire game this afternoon, which was really sad because Skaven magic is very powerful. You can you can take out entire ships with that. You've got something like Firm and where you roll a die, and that, that many crew are turned into Skaven, so they are lost and you can basically just. Dwarf ships are, are like. Um, what you expect of dwarf ships. They are. You need a can opener to get in. And unless you damage them, you cannot get into dwarf ships. So if you have spells like that that take out the crew from the inside, or, or these uh, plague clouds that Skaven have, then all that armor that the dwarves have is completely useless. Uh, which is a lot of fun, of course. Um. But, uh, yeah, first you activate your squadron and then you do one ship, you move it, you shoot with it, you you do a boarding action if you have it in contact with another ship, which is uh, you roll a die and your opponent rolls a die and you add some modifiers, mainly your, your crew and whether or not you have a cannon as a defender. And then you, um, you do that the same for all the other ships in the squadron. And then it's your opponent's turn to activate a squadron. So if you plan to first move squadron a and then uh hope that your squadron b in the next activation phase can get to maybe your opponent's mana war then it might be the case that in the meantime he has activated and moved away or something like that so you so you do have to plan ahead a little bit if you're into planning or just trust in blind luck there Um, we go you found my strategy yes (laughs) (laughs) um a lot of fun uh, with that game uh i've never had a boring game so far um i do wish to get my own mana war set at some point but even if you don't have a set and, and these are going for rather steep prices at the moment as well uh, gw should really re-release that game um make it make it all cheap again bring it back but even if you don't have it, there are there's a Facebook meta War group that has a file section where you can download basically everything you need for a game. So what I did for my game today was I went to one of those files and I printed out a couple of sheets with the ships that we were using today with sea monsters that we were using. I laminated them and I then used dry erase markers to mark off which sections of the ship had been hit or had been uh, set ablaze or how many crew had been killed. Uh, usually you do that with, uh, you, you have these templates, these cardboard templates, and you have counters that you put on them. But uh, since I don't have the original templates and counters, I just did it this way. And yeah, that works great. Um, so yeah, Man of War. That's the the game mechanic of it, at least. And uh, yeah, you usually play until one side is is wiped out or concedes or until your objective is met. And the objective for me today was to steal the treasure, take it off the island, and escape from any of the board edges. But uh, when I had the treasure in my possession, we just said, well, we can call it here because most of Josh's ships had no crew left to to man them some were um, slowly burning down uh, fire was spreading left right and center so uh, yeah that was that's,
0: that's, uh, yeah a bit of a problem for your boats yeah
1: it was <laughs> yeah
0: oh it sounds fantastic yeah one thing people can do too if you know if if the man-of-war like the original ships are are out of reach financially or just you know you you want to have something that's a little bit more modern uh i know mantic has a, a game called armada that's set in their kings of war universe that is basically uh War reborn but with with a mantic rule set but they would make excellent proxies uh i've i haven't played War to the extent that you have but it, it is lots of fun i love some of the inherent silliness of it too Right, it it does have that kind of old school Games Workshop feel, where you know things yeah, can just definitely. go drastically yeah. wrong, and all of a sudden, yeah, none of your boats have crew. Where did all the crew go? You best not ask.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there are also three uh, D prints out there that mm-hmm. that you can uh, that you can use to print of your own fleets. Um, there's uh, there's many ways you can play this game without buying it. Um, but yeah if, you, if you're a little bit like me and you want most of your stuff to be original then uh, you'll be on the lookout for a set maybe I shouldn't have told you this because now you might be on the lookout for a set and that might be the set that I was planning on getting
0: <laughs> Uh, you're you're safe for a while yet, buddy. <laughs> I can tell you. I, as much as I love it, and I do love those original sets, like I would be I would be hunting for like a, an original Black Ark or something if 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 I was gonna get into it. But uh, there's there's uh, a few things standing in my way just yet of, of going uh, vintage miniature hunting for man yeah. of War. So you've got a little while anyway until I come after you.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, my main focus is still on Warhammer now, so uh, <laughs> trying to complete my collections there. But, nice, um, nice. Yeah, Man of War is a, is a game that's definitely out there on my radar, and I will play it any way that I can, even if it means having to print out everything or having to uh, um, get some third-party boats, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, uh, th- there will be some point that I will own a set. And if I play enough games remotely then with enough different fleets, then, then I will s- at some point have printed out and laminated all of the different um, pages of that document with the templates and uh, should at some point get the uh, magic cards uh, printed out and... Uh, Put on, put on cardboard, something like that, cardstock. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun game that you can do for, well, you can easily do it online. And there are, if you if you know people, uh, for example, in the Crown of Command Discord server, um, if, if you're there, if you're on that, then you can just ask, hey, can we play a remote game? Uh, that, that's how I learned as well, that people will be happy to introduce you to it to play the basic game with just the ships, no wizards, no uh, random stuff like that, just uh, sailing, maneuvering, shooting your cannons. And uh, one of the fun things about Man of War is that when you look at your ship templates, it, it, it shows you different sections that can be hit, and if a section is hit, it will have Uh, Well, it might not have an effect on on your ship's performance, but it can have an effect on your ship's performance. For example, my my Skaven Man of War, got uh, the the pedal wheel got destroyed. So it moved two inches less than it normally does, putting it down from uh, six inches a turn to four inches a turn. And there are four more sections that, or three more sections that uh, would have a similar effect. So you can knock out part of a pedal wheel or, or part of a ship's uh, propulsion mechanism and it can still move or you can knock out like uh, the boiler on a dwarf ship and then it's immobilized, can't move anymore. Or you can knock out a mm. gun turret and can't fire anymore. Um, yeah, that is, it, it is a lot of bookkeeping, but if you do it with the uh, cars and the templates, it's uh, it really fun. Yeah. And, and it's not
0: like you're playing with like giant fleets.
1: No, you know, really, no. Right?
0: Like you're you're looking at what, like half a dozen boats generally. Yeah. Is that right? That's just yeah.
1: what we did today. We had, uh, I had one squadron of three. Uh, what are they called warp raiders which are warp lightning powered ships with a with a uh, well, warp power ships with a warp lightning cannon on on the front and uh, if you fire the warp lightning cannon then there's a very real chance that your ship will ex- just explode that will misfire <laughs> and the ship will explode which which happened i had i fired i think 3 of those during the game and one of them exploded um, Thirty-three percent value rate—that's right? not bad for Scaveny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, then there are the um, what do they call the Death burners. I think I, sh- I should look this up. These all these names are uh, very, very Scaveny. Yeah, they are called death burners, and these are ships that have a giant uh, plague sensor sitting at the front.
0: All oh, those ones, and yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: the dead burner uh, has a the, the plague center is called a plague burner, that's just to make it less confusing, I guess. So um that one does uh if, if 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 you it's got a template and if you have a ship lying under the template on a five or six it just loses one crew counter, does no damage to the ship, but it loses a crew counter. And uh, then we had the
0: Doombringer,
1: which is the War, and that's basically a giant floating screaming bell. (laughs) And every turn you roll uh, two dice, and if you roll a double, then depending on the number that comes up, something happens. If you don't roll a double, you put a counter on the volume track. So next time you ring the bell, you will roll with one extra die, and You keep doing that and you keep adding counters until something happens and um, you roll doubles. And if you roll multiple doubles, then you do them for working your way down from the highest, which means that the um, double one is the bell explodes so that the the ship is, uh, you can't use the bell anymore. Double six is that ships within... Hearing range roll for critical hit, and critical hit can cause uh, below the waterline damage. Which means that if you have enough below the waterline damage, your ship just sinks and it's gone. And uh, just managed to put three below the waterline damage on my ship with his with his dwarfs. He has those little dwarf submarines that have torpedoes. Um. But he needed four, and uh, he didn't get the fourth one, so he didn't take down my my ship with my general and everything on it. But uh, yeah, so that was seven ships and a sea monster for me. And Josh had also seven ships and a sea monster, so that's uh, small fleets. We had uh, 800 points aside, but you can play big battles as well. You just need more of the same.
0: There's also not many, many,
1: many variety. Uh, These three ships that I mentioned for Skaven, that's all that they can get. Mm. And dwarves have, I believe, four different ships that they can get. And uh, uh, yeah, and and, and then they also have some extra stuff that dwarves like. Uh, They can get a gyrocopter and stuff like that if you have the expansion for that. But it's uh, just that, that it's very small a game uh, in terms of you don't need many models and you don't have many different models that also makes it quite easy to grasp so that's uh, one of the uh, big advantages of men of war over something that's a lot more complex like say warhammer that and the alternate activation that uh, especially for larger warhammer battles if uh, you have a movement phase uh, for a 5000 point army then you can just um, let your opponent do it and, and make yourself a cup of coffee in the meantime or uh, go out, walk the dog, and then come back and then he's still moving. So, yeah,
0: um, God forbid he's playing like Orcs or Skaven or something. You'll be yes. there all night. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who plays Orcs, I, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> to everyone <laughs> I have played with my Orcs. Yeah, man. I am such a convert to the church of alternate activations at this point. It's playing one page rules like I have been. It's so nice. It just keeps you in the game. I yeah. this I go you go stuff is yeah, it's got to go. I I really I really hope Games Workshop someday sees the light on alternate activations because I think it's just such a better way to play. And I they do it like they do it occasionally. Like in Mana War, I think maybe the new kill team yeah. stuff for 40k. Uh, what is they did it for Lord
1: of the Rings, the entire. Yes, and Lord of Earth the Rings is a fantastic system. system. Yeah, that's 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 the first time I was introduced to this alternate activation. Uh, mm. Yeah, I,
0: sequence, I just don't yeah. know. Like they, they they seem to do this thing where they're just like, "Yes, we'll do it for this game, but not any of these other games, and certainly not our flagship games. That would be madness." And I'm just like, "Why? Yeah, just just do it. It's so good. It, it's so much more." uh engaging than having to wait half an hour without really interacting yeah. with anything so but, but um, yeah
1: there there are um i don't think that if you use the lord of drinks alternate activation for warhammer that would work because a lot of drinks uh, you uh, first the player with initiative does the movement phase and then uh, the other player does the movement phase and then oh, the player with initiative right. shoots, yeah. and then the other player shoots, and then there's yeah. combat or magic maybe in between. I don't know the, the correct order of the phases, but so um, what you have in in Warhammer that, yeah. is that in the in the magic phase and in the shooting phase and in the close combat phase, you still have that interaction because you need to roll your armor saves. You need to um, dispel. Yeah, it's. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think if you do
1: like like the war, where you activate a unit and then first you move, then you shoot, then you fight with it. Um, I think that might work better, but if you do it in a in a Warhammer setting, I'm not sure.
0: So that's that's kind of how one page rules works, which is just like you activate a unit. It does. It's stuff, right? Like it either you know it moves and shoots, or it, it charges and fights, or or it, it, like it it runs, and and yeah. So you're you're doing them like that, and and that's kind of what I had pictured for alternate activation. Uh, I forgot that Lord of the Rings is a very particular type of alternate activation, but yeah, I think that could work. I I just I really think that there's a better way to do it than straight I go you go. Whether that's some kind of hybrid or or just like. One one unit does all of its stuff at once type of ac- alternate activation. I'm not sure. I hope, though, that the uh, three guys that they might have working on <laughs> uh, Warhammer the Old World for us uh, are are open to, uh, to trying new things. Uh, as much as I want to see, like, the best rules from each era come back, I would like to see a little bit of innovation, too. Not command points, though. Command points can stay away and not ever <laughs> come in. I don't like command points. I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the
1: topic of of war, you have these. Um, I think more than with with later games like. Uh, um, well, I'm not sure about Warmaster, but but you really have that that hero hammer era feel you get you have these ships that are under sail with with our pennants flying in the wind and mm. uh, there's a big discussion on i believe always on the man of war page whether the pennant should be flying towards the top uh, towards the front of the boat or towards the back but that's ah. uh, <laughs> That's just, um, we're not going to go there right now. But the. I, I,
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Because I want them to fly towards the back of the boats because that's more aesthetically pleasing. But that's not how wind works either. No. No no it's not yeah oh i could see me really getting deep into that debate
1: yeah sorry go on <laughs>
0: getting, my brain is just like yeah, doing but it's, jumping it's jacks uh,
1: one of the things that, that it, this this whole setup reminds me of is the i believe it was the last episode we did together nathan uh our uh, 100 episode uh, spectacular with the dark omen uh, discussion uh, mm-hmm. in dark omen you have every unit has a banner and the banner is, is usually colorful and it, it helps you to identify the unit uh, that those colorful balance banners that you see in hero hammer you also see a man of war and that's I think uh, colorful ships colorful banners something that greatly helps you to get the whole hero hammer feel and aesthetic for this game so uh, if that's something that speaks to you, then uh, maybe check it out. And if not, then go still check it out and paint up your ships in a more grim, dark, color scheme, <laughs> I guess. Uh,
0: that's great. Yeah, yeah. The, the aesthetics of it are certainly rooted in that third, fourth ed kind of uh, early hero hammer feel that is just, yeah, it's just magical. And if you yeah, ever so wanted Bretonians uh, to have guns, you can do that in war, They've got cannons.
1: They've got cannons. They got catapults. Um, your high elves have got wardancers that you can uh, yeah. that you can get. Uh, yeah. What else is there? Dwarves take to the water.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not sure about the orcs. I've never never played with them, but.
0: Uh... Yeah, they. I love the look of their boats. I think they're fantastic. In that they look like they're going to sink all the yes. time. And then I think they have a chance of sinking just all of the time. So uh, that w- it would be them or dark elves for me. Big surprise, but uh, the dark elf boats I love too because a lot of the dark elf boats are just giant sea serpents that they were like, "What if you yes. built a small castle on your back?" And the sea serpent's like, "That seems weird, but sure, go for it, buddy." And, and all those uh, boats can
1: for- uh, can hide out in the Black Ark, mm-hmm. and they can release them during the movement phase. You can basically start the game deploying with one boat and then at some point during the game, during the movement phase, you open the the back doors, the loading dock of the Black Ark and all those different sea monsters come out with castles on their back. and, uh, And there's also a very real chance that the dark elves controlling the sea monsters lose control that the sea monster. Goes uh, berserk or goes feral and then dives down and drowns all the dark elves. So uh, yeah, Yeah, even the the stable factions, if you're not talking about orcs or skaven, have those things. Even if you have a your your dwarf submarine, your dwarf nautilus, it can uh, if it is damaged, you have to roll a die when it submerges for each damaged section and if that comes up on the wrong number, I don't know by heart what it is, then the the damage is not contained properly and uh, water will seep in and and your ship is just lost. There, There are a lot of things that can just... The ships look very robust with all those sections that can be hit, but yeah, there are a lot of things that can go wrong and can go wrong very quickly. If your ship is on fire and you can't put it out, or the fire doesn't go out, it spreads, and then in the next turn you have two flames, and they can both spread, or stay burning, or go out and set different sections of the boat ablaze. It's, uh, it's it, like I said, it's a lot of bookkeeping, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Sorry, I I, I keep bringing us <laughs> back to Manowar. While no, that's actually okay, we that's all
0: right.
1: Sort of, I. Uh...
0: I've got I've got lots go of time quit, for Manowar. So. <laughs> War. I think it's I think it's super duper cool. I just I love the lore around the different vessels in the Warhammer world. I think they're so they're so neat, and it's it's kind of underexplored except for the High Elves and the Dark Elves, right? Because you you hear about like the the Dwarven port of Zufbar, uh, and you you do hear about like the empire like the the imperial navy basically and and uh the the fleets of Br- the bretonians and stuff a little bit in the army books but it's it it really does deserve an ongoing game to to explore yes. that that naval Cause it's it's really a big part of warhammer history is kind of sea actions especially when you get into the elves the high elves and the dark elves they're constantly going at each other on the sea um yeah, so and you it, have yeah.
1: Uh, even in lore, a lot of factions are just uh, sending out ships exploring and, and trading mm-hmm. and uh, uh, colonizing. So it makes sense to have that in your game. And I know that there are some people who are um, linking their games. So you have a, a game of Man of War and the outcome of that game affects the next tabletop battle that you play or maybe a Mighty Empires uh, campaign oh, that yeah. also incorporates uh, Man of War.
0: What you really need to do is go Man of War to Warhammer and then finish off with Warmaster for the giant, Oh yeah. You know, battle and then then you've then you've made it i think as a as a warhammer aficionado if you can do all of those things if you can have a campaign that encompasses that those three things you've basically made your own total war warhammer except in miniature form which makes it a hundred percent cooler <laughs> so that's the dream everyone just aim for that and yeah and you will be fulfilled in your wargaming life
1: <laughs> and then of course um, you have to use the orchard edition which we never talk about on this podcast for some reason. No, no, I honestly,
0: (laughs) honestly, I had very little hand in in creating that. That was more of Scott's baby than mine. And um, yeah, he's, he's not been able to do, I think a whole lot on that in, in the, the last little while. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure where that's at. I know it's still, it's still accessible from. uh,
1: Yeah. I talked to uh, Jesse the other day and he says that he's got the, uh, third edition and fifth edition siege books, as well as of course sixth edition siege rules, and uh, and he said also there's some stuff on, uh, uh, what was it one of the eighth edition campaign books like uh, I believe it's the one with uh, Empire versus uh, Vampire Counts with Folkmar uh, versus Manfred von Carstein.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm trying to remember is what it that Blood was. In, Blood in the Badlands? Blood in the Badlands, yeah. Maybe. Maybe? But
1: the, the, <laughs> it's just the one that springs to mind. Um, and he says that he is going to see if he can uh, find a middle ground between all those different campaign rules and see if he can incorporate that into the Orchard edition. Great. So, uh, I'm not sure, uh, Jesse, if you're listening, if if I spoiled anything here. <laughs> uh, that I should not have said. If so, I do apologize, um, and if not, then uh, well, uh, you heard it here first, folks.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think we should probably wrap it up. We've been going for a while now, uh, probably because I was super excited to to actually be back on the podcast, and GJ is super excited about boats, so the two of yes. us combined our powers and
1: and, and 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 also about having you back on the podcast
0: yeah oh, <laughs> all right well i hope you have enjoyed this episode hopefully you'll be hearing my voice more in the near future until next time have a great week hi folks future nathan here just a little update before we go that gj has a new episode on the patreon So please check that out if you haven't already, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard. Know ye now, the time of mortals has come to an end.